Oh, wonderful. Isn't it good that God speaks, though, in big ways and small ways? You know, um, this, this Saturday morning, me and Adrian were here. There was a, a tour of people walking from one church to another and a presentation in each church, so they found out a little bit about the church. So me and Adrian shared about our church, and we, we showed a video as well about things that we'd done over the past year. And it was just so encouraging that some of those things highlighted on photos, uh, it just reminded me that we were a body together. There's no little people in his kingdom. No little people in his kingdom. Whether you feel that you're doing a small thing or a big thing as part of our church, you know, there's no little people in his kingdom. And be encouraged in that. It could be a smile or a word that someone needs, a word of encouragement. It could be cleaning the loose. It could be being on the sound desk or singing on the stage. There's no little people in God's kingdom. So be, be encouraged in that. I just want to share a few um, brief things just to uh, stir us and hopefully send us on our way and encourage us in our relationship with Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, crack them open uh, or slide open your, your phone and get to your Bible app. Yes, Nettie, you're on it. And um, uh, things have started back into play this past week, so getting into routine, so that means uh, school runs, getting into arguments, hearing the teenagers grunt at you in the mornings, uh, and uh, arguments at the end of the day because things haven't been done. So yes, brilliant, it's good to get back into routine. But Jacob, we're going to look at Jacob briefly, he had... uh, well, if I say he had a bit of a messed up family, it'd probably be an understatement. It played out something like some kind of soap opera. Jacob's in Jacob's family, there was jealousy, there was deceit, there was cheating, there was lies, there was uh, there was uh, revenge. Um, Jacob himself was a cheat. He uh, he stole his brother's birthright. Of all things to steal off his brother, he stole his birthright, which was pretty major, I would say. And the story goes that Jacob had had a bust up with his brother Esau, and he. In fact, Esau wanted to kill Jacob. So uh, his mum, Rebecca, hatched this plan to get rid of, to send uh, Jacob on his way to protect him so his brother didn't kill him, but also to receive his father's blessing on his life before he went. So that all took place. And as I say, it played out like some extreme soap opera that we wouldn't watch on telly, of course. Um, And that's Jacob. And then we get to this. So hearing all that, and this family... Uh, he was quite an unlikely individual to have a radical encounter with God. But this took place in Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 22. I'm going to take my glasses on and off. Well, last time I was at Opticians, he said you need varifocals. And I just felt too young to have varifocals. Is that really bad? I said, no, I'll have two separate pairs of glasses. <laughs> so, varifocals, uh, various focals. So I've got two different pairs of glasses. So these are my reading ones. Genesis chapter 28, uh, starting at verse 10. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway, up and down. At the, t- at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust in the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I love that God is a God 
of them more. He said, what's more? I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. And one day I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I promised you. Then Jacob, Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he also was afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It's none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. He then poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although the name of the nearby village was Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshipping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Wow. So tonight, I just want to share briefly for the next few minutes this, from pillow to pillar. From pillow to pillar, okay? This is my uh, pillow, okay? Brought it with me. It's a, a, a medium to firm pillow. Um, that's how I like my pillow. Anyone like a soft pillow? Some of you, I hate going to a hotel or somewhere else, and it's one of them soft pillows that just, you lose your head in it. And it's like sitting in, lying in a marshmallow. Mine's medium to firm. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm very picky about my pillow. So if I go to bed and my wife's been lying on my pillow and it's warm, I hate that. I hate putting my head on a warm pillow. Anyone with me? I like a cold pillow. And partway through the night, I'll turn it over because I like a cold pillow. People with me on that. I'm not just some weirdo then. People agree with me on this. like a cold pillow. So this is, this is quite unusual because Jacob on his journey, stopped at this place, and instead of unbundling some of his clothes that he perhaps carried with me, it says that he took a stone and he used that as his pillow. He took a stone and rested his head on a pillow. Now, you kind of expect pillows to be soft. Why did he pick a rock? If you're asking me, I haven't got a clue. But I know that he did. Now, many of us have been on youth weekends away, uh, and, and uh, many of us have, uh, as leaders uh, here tonight in the past, have been uh, at the, other, at the wrong end of a pillar fight. In fact, I think it's probably Ben Hicklin who started most of the pillar fights over the years. But there was one year, a long time ago, and I think it's before you were on team, uh, Ben. Uh, but it was a weekend away, and... Uh, I stepped out of my room and uh, a pillar fight was in mid-flow and I got in the middle of it and the next thing I know, I was flat on the floor. It turns out that one of the young people had put their shoes in their pillowcase and (laughs) knocked me straight out. You expect pillows to be nice and soft. But we read in this story that he took a stone pillow. Jacob took something that was hard on his head uncomfortable and he somehow managed to sleep on it and he was in the midst of confusion and frustration in fear in trying to escape his brother and it kind of speaks of where he was at in his own life he was in a hard and difficult place and it was most of it was of his own choosing he chose to rest his head in a hard place not only physically but also in a, a sense of where he was in his own life I remember this guy from Teen Challenge. I'll never forget, I think it was after they'd been here and he was just chatting to him and he was saying how, I said, well, what's your journey? And he said, well, he was addicted to to drugs, to alcohol. He was in a really low place one day in his life and he decided to end his life. He threw himself off a bridge 
and and to end it all. The next thing he knew, he was getting up and turning around and he saw a rock on the floor that his head had hit covered in blood. And he says, I should have been dead. I don't know. Well, he knew knew then it is Jesus who had saved him. And Jesus on the spot healed him and actually protected his life. He should have been dead. And and he said this to me, that it was on that part, that, that where I wanted to end my life, that Jesus saved my life. It was on that hard place that I found my head hit, that actually was a new beginning in a journey with Christ for me. He gave his life to Christ. That's absolutely incredible. And, and in this story, we see that at the point of Jacob's life, on the journey that he was in, where he was all alone, we don't read that anyone was with him, he was sent away uh, for fear of his own life, that actually his head had hit a hard place. He had got to a hard point in his life on his own, where everyone seemed to have, have rejected him for his own, what he'd done in his own life in, in, in rejecting others and cheating others. Jacob had his head on a rock, but something more took place. Something more took place. And uh, you know what? It can, the, the, sometimes the hard points in our own life can the begin, be the beginning of Jesus doing something fresh. Uh, for us as a church, over years, there's been points where it's felt... Uh, hard point, but then God does something fresh and he turns up and does a new thing. So I want to encourage us in that because what took place was absolutely incredible. As I said, it was a radical encounter with God that took place. So in that place, that hard place where he chose to rest his head, actually we read in verse 12 that a stairway to heaven opened and he had this powerful dream that revealed the reality of God's presence to him. It was in that hard place. And we can have cheese dreams, can't we? Uh, you know, I do love a bit of cheese. I am partial to some even before bed. Uh, it, I, I do like a pizza. I like cheese on toast. I like uh, toasted panini with a bit of mozzarella in. I do like cheese. And I have to say, some of my dreams have been cheese dreams. Uh, uh, anyone have those dreams where your teeth are all falling out? Yeah, or you're falling off the pavement and they wake up with a child. <laughs> there's cheese dreams, but also I believe that there's God dreams. There is God dreams. And uh, every night when uh, I take my little girl to bed, I pray over her and we pray together that tonight as you lay your head down, I pray that God would reveal himself to you in, in your dreams. I pray that over my little girl. It's important that we are open to God actually to speak to us in our dreams because dreams can be fa- powerful dreams that we can experience encounters with God that can be transformational as it was for Jacob in his dream listen we don't just need an education about God but I really believe we need an experience of God as well and that's what took place for Jacob in his dreams it was a dream but it really was an encounter it really was heaven touching earth you know what? There's so many stories about Muslims that are coming to faith through dreaming about Jesus Christ. In fact, I was only reading recently about how some Syrian refugees had had dreams about Jesus, woke up, were absolutely convinced by the reality of, of God's presence and that this was a real dream and gone and found a way to talk to someone and become Christians. God is converting Muslims all over the world because he's revealing himself to them through dreams. So dreams are important and, and this was something that God revealed himself to Jacob that put him on a, on a right path. So I want to encourage us to be hungry for God as we've heard these testimonies tonight of God's goodness. I want to encourage us to pursue him and to worship him. But let's also remember this, that this was nothing about Jacob's goodness in his life and what he was doing at this point to receive that encounter and experience of Jesus Christ. It was, his, it was God's grace. 
Let's never think that his grace hinges on our goodness. It's his goodness that his grace hinges on. And as we read, his, his life was then tra- transformed by encountering God. And he, he transforms everything, doesn't he? An encounter with Jesus transforms everything. And, and if you think about those great stories in the New Testament where rough and ready fishermen experienced Jesus and the call, heard the call of Jesus and then encountering Jesus, their lives were changed forever. We think about uh, Paul the Apostle who was on that road to Damascus ready to persecute and kill more Christians and Jesus stepped in and uh, Paul had that encounter with Jesus that transformed him. Uh, and I want to encourage us to look to God to bring transformation in our life and in this town. I was about 11 years old when I had my first, I would say, first proper encounter with Jesus Christ. And it was at the point where I was getting baptized and I was driving home and I just broke down and I was crying my eyes out, but they weren't like sad tears. And it was just, I felt, and I look back on it now as a moment where the Holy Spirit touched my life. And uh, I, I want to encourage us in, in that actually to be a people that are expectant for an encounter with him. And so God spoke to Jacob and he reestablished his promises to him that he was with him, that he was going to be protecting him, that the land that he was walking on was, was his. And God spoke promise to Jacob in that place of loneliness, of pain and fear. God spoke to Jacob once again and he revealed himself to him. It was a, it was a point of connection between heaven and earth. What Jacob experienced wasn't just a dream. It was a point of connection between heaven and earth. And it's a point of escape. For Jacob, it was a point of escape that came a place of encounter. It was a point of hostility that came a a place of promise. It was a point of being alone that came the promise of God's presence. And Jacob uh, discovered God's grace in a place of disgrace. It was great that red, retro uh, letters early in that song. Uh, it's great to see Emily up there as well, back on the guitar and sing it. it. Jacob discovered God's grace in a place of disgrace. And as we've sung about God's grace tonight, let's be encouraged that even when some of our family that we've been praying for for years, and sometimes our own lives seem to be in the lowest point, point of disgrace, that actually God's grace can be discovered. I think it was Philip Yancey, great Christian author, he said this, Grace, like water, flows to the lowest part. Our friend from Teen Challenge, who discovered Jesus at the bottom of a bridge as his head was on a rock, it was the lowest point of his life. He thought it was game over. God had other plans. So we carry on reading, but it wasn't just a, a hard place that Jacob rested his head on. It wasn't just that encounter with uh, God and heaven touching earth. But actually, we continue to read, and that... Um, that Jacob took his pillar, his stone pillar, and he moved it to a place and it became a pillar. It became a monument. It became something of a memorial. It became a place where he would later revisit and remind himself that he had been touched by God. I read a long time ago, I think it was in our daily bread, in a daily reading about a man who uh, was just in his home, like any of us would be one day, and a brick was thrown through his window by a young lad. It hit him on part of his head that ended up paralyzing him for the rest of his life. And in that point of not knowing whether he'd be able to, what he'd be able to do with his life as he lay on that hospital bed and he, he cried out to God, as I'm sure many of us would, what, what was this all about? What was all this about? And then eventually he got home and uh, he did something quite significant. Uh, he, he 
as he was looking up to God and searching for his life, he just, he just felt as though God was speaking to him and said, sometimes I put you on your back so you can look up to me. He kept that brick that paralyzed him. He put it on his shelf and he says uh, he keeps it there as a memorial to what took place to remind him of that point of encounter with God in his own life in that difficult place. You see, it's the same thing for Jacob in many ways. It was a hard place that he discovered God in. And it says in verse 18 and verse 12 that he moved that pillow to a position of a pillow, pillar. He poured oil on it. He set it apart. Jacob was deeply affected. Listen, our hard places can become heart places. Our hard places in life can become heart places. And God can turn the hard places into monumental places that speak of his grace even in the most challenging times. I'm going to finish soon, so I'm going to invite uh, Steve and Kissy and Emily back up. But I, I remember it's a number of years ago, it, it, me and Penny getting married, planning our, making our wedding arrangements. In the months leading to it, were absolutely disastrous. Not because I was marrying Penny, of course. But, uh, a lot of things that took place, I really felt that the devil was having a re- real go at us. Um, one of the things that took place was I was involved in a road accident. And, um, and that... that meant in the road accident someone came through my windscreen I was having flashbacks all sorts of things and uh, it was a horrendous time for me but it was similar to what Emily shared earlier it was in that hard place that difficult time that I discovered the support of brothers and sisters in Christ but also the very real presence of God and those and I look back on that time now and miraculously the guy the guy um, who involved with me in the accident God completely healed and restored. I look back on that rock, that hard time, as something monumental, worth remembering because God did something in it. I couldn't see it at the time, but God did. So for Jacob, you know, that was a place, we don't even know the name, it just says he came to a place. It was a place, not significant, didn't even have a name, but we read that he gave it a name after he was there. He took a place that was insignificant and made it significant by saying, this is now going to be called Bethel, the house of God. This is going to be significant because I've set up my pillow, my hard place, and set it up to be a pillar, a monumental place. God had took him. And I want to encourage us tonight in that, that maybe as we've walked life's path, that we've found our head on hard places. We've, We've difficult thoughts and things that affect us and it feels like sometimes we're just putting our head on a hard place in life but I want to encourage us that actually God can transform those places he did for Jacob and make them a place of a monumental place of hope and grace and God's faithful knowing God's faithfulness wow he's good isn't he God is good God is good but even this story is just a foreshadow of what, what Jesus did for us. Just a foreshadow. Just a foreshadow. And Jesus, we read that in uh, Timothy, that Jesus came to, as a mediator. The man Jesus Christ came to be a bridge between heaven and earth. He mediates for us. He, he was the bridge for us. He is the bridge for us. And Jesus, as a faultless saviour, reached out to a flawed people. And we're, we're flawed people. But we've got a faultless saviour who gave his all for us. 
And you know what? what's great? That even in all of that, he calls us to be citizens of heaven, to look to him, to set our thoughts on, on heaven. Just as Jacob encountered Jesus in that place, I believe that we can experience God in that place. I believe that we can encounter and experience Jesus in the place that we find ourselves in, in life. He, he turns our pillars, pillows into pillars. He sets them apart. So let's just, let's just pray. Because wherever we are in life, God is here now. God is here now. God is here now. Let's just stand together as guys, leaders in worship. I would just love to count it as a privilege just to pray over us uh, tonight. And we've just heard so much good stuff through testimony of God's goodness tonight. But Father, we just thank you that you turn our hard places into monumental places. Lord, I just pray that wherever we are in our life right now, that you would give us a fresh encounter of you, of your presence and goodness and love. And Lord God, I pray that we would discover you in fresh and amazing ways. Lord God, I pray where, we, where, where our head hits those hard places in life, Lord God, that there will be places of encountering your faithfulness and grace. In Jesus' name.